Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. Oh, man, some things never change. Amen. We thank God for each and every one who's present with us this morning. We thank God for all those who ventured to visit and worship with us this morning, both from near and far. Uh, we want to keep in prayer those who are traveling and who are uh, away from us at this time. Just keep in your prayers those who uh, were mentioned who are away in the Orlando area. Please continue to keep in your prayers our sister Ford, who is always an example for us uh, of uh, service to God and obedience to God, regardless of the circumstance. Uh, this morning, we're going to get right into our lesson this morning. Uh, as you can see, the title of the lesson today is The Blessing of being babes or being childlike. Um, there are a number of passages in the scripture that references or refer to how God views children, um, as well as those who are childlike in their attitude toward him. I want you to be mindful. I use the word childlike, not the word childish. These are two words that sound very similar, but they are very different. Today, uh, we're going to look at the connotations that go along with being childlike versus the connotations that go along with being childish. Uh, I want to do today, bring a little clarity to the difference between the two and look at why it pleases God for us to be like one and not the other. I'm going to begin, though, by showing an example of a childlike attitude, babe of God. Harry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 12. Mm -hmm. And Chris, hold for me 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Therefore, Therefore uh -huh. I will always remind you about these things, mm -hmm. even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Mm-hmm. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Harry. So, as you all know, you know I'm going to read this verse every time I get up. Amen. It should come a point in your life that when I get up here, I don't have to say, well, by the way, to tie into today's lesson, I'm going to go to this verse. You should just know, at a certain point, Harry... <coughs> And we're going to start there, and as always, we're going to go straight to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Brother Chris, starting at verse number 1 for me. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, mm -hmm. which I preached unto you, which also you have received, mm -hmm. wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Keep reading for me, Chris. <coughs> for I mm -hmm. delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. Brothers and sisters, every time I have the opportunity, <clears throat> I'm going to remind you of the importance of why we are here. From the time we were babes until the time we are called home to glory. We are part of what we are part of because each and every one of you here that has been added to the body believe the fact that Jesus died, was buried, rose again the third day, and because you believe that, you are willing to be buried in baptism and added as a newborn babe to the body of Christ. Now, with that being said, let's get into our topic for today. We know that we got to start with some definitions. 
First definition is babes, B-A-B-E-S. In the Greek, that's number 3516. By definition, it is one who cannot speak, hence an infant, a child, a babe, without any definite limitation of age. Nephos, which is the word, N-E-P-I-O-S, which is the Greek for babe, N-E-P-I-O-S. This word is used to either be for masculine or feminine. So that is the term that is used for a boy baby or a girl baby. For us today, in the context of our lesson, we're using the form or the term babe in a metaphorical sense. In the scriptural text, Matthew 11, the term babe means one who is unlearned, one who is unenlightened, one who is simple and innocent. So from the scriptural text, God is referring to Jesus is talking about a babe who is a person who is unlearned, unenlightened, simple, and innocent. The term that we're looking at next is the word wise. W-I-S-E, wise. Number 4680, Sophos, S-O-P-H-O-S. Now, when we look at this definition, it defines someone who is intelligent, who has the ability to calculate or to, uh, to, us, to us ascertain and to bring information together. However, it is also a person who is rhetorically wise, meaning one who could be viewed as wise in their mind. When it says a person who can be wise, he is so wise that he fails to look at some of the most simplistic things. He's wise and prudent, meaning he can potentially over-calculate, over over-understand, uh, meaning the simplicity of something can go past him because he's looking for a deeper meaning. So that is how we're looking at it in the context of our lesson. The last word we're looking at in today's lesson is the word prudent. Number 4908. Suneto. S-U-N-E-T-O. Suneto is a person, or by definition, to reason out, to perceive, understand. To have intelligence. Sagocious, discerning, meaning that this person is reluctant to act on what he's been shown. He has to take his time and truly understand it. So he's prudent. That means he's reserved in his actions. He doesn't move forward. He gets an understanding about something, but I'm going to be, you know how people say, I'm going to be prudent in my approach. I'm going to be somewhat taken back. I'm going to be hesitant. So we see you can be wise and prudent and still miss out on something that is beneficial. Sometimes it's best not to know nothing. That's why sometimes when Brother Dwayne and I sit with people, we say, can we have some of the sins? Because sometimes when you're sitting with people, they got all the sins. And if they got all the sins, that don't leave none for you. So now, before we get into our lesson, I need to go back now and clarify the difference between childlike, 
and childish. Now, we see that these two words are adjective. Both of them refer to characteristics of a child. But they don't generally have the same characteristics. So what am I saying? I'm saying that both of these are the characteristics that children or a childlike individual have, but they are not necessarily the same characteristics. So then let's begin to take a look at the difference between the one that is positive versus the one that is negative. Childish commonly means, and when you hear it, you think of somebody silly, somebody that's immature, and whenever you're using it, nine times out of ten, all the things that you're bringing out are going to be unfavorable qualities. They're messy. They don't follow instructions. All these are the childish attributes. And the first thing you hear when somebody's saying it to a grown person, stop acting so childish. So now we see the attributes of being childish. Childlike. These refer to the attributes that are viewed as trusting, innocent. It generally refers to all the positive things about and qualities of a child or a childlike individual. What? They're easy to teach. They're easy to work with. You tell them what's in God's word, they go do it. Those are the childlike attributes that what we see in Scripture, God likes. Now, the qualities we're going to be dealing with today are the childlike qualities. We want to look at it and see how is this so pleasing to God? How are these trusting, innocent, unlearned, and unenlightened qualities pleasing to God? We're going to start off here. Chris, give me Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 1, and we're going to look at that from the New Living. Harry, I want you to get Mark chapter 10 and hold at verse 13. Steve, I want you to close us out. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, and you're going to hold at verse 1, and we're going to look at that one from both King James and New Living. We're going to start off with Chris. Now, we're looking at... What is it about these childlike attributes that God wants all of us to have? Chris, start me off. Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 1, says what? About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, which of us is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Hold on. Look at the first question that's being asked. Who among us is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's a big ask, ain't it? Keep reading for me, Chris. Jesus called a small child over to him and put the child among them. Hold on a minute. That's just like calling little Cain. Come here, Cain. Sit right here in the middle of this group. Right here in front of everybody else. I think that's the youngest one we got here today, Cain. Yeah. So Cain, put him right in the middle of the group. With Cain in the middle of the group, what does Jesus turn around and say to these mature disciples? Then he said, I assure you, unless you turn from your sins. Listen to this. Slow down for me just a minute, Chris. He's saying this to anybody who hasn't turned from their sins. I'm saying to you, unless you turn from your sins, keep reading, Brother Chris. And become as little children. And become just like a little child. What, Chris? You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, if you, you can't even get in if you ain't a child. 
We're talking about what? The blessing of being obeyed. Jesus says straight off rip, if you even want to get in this thing, why is he saying that? Because all them people sitting there with him are wise and prudent. They're mature. They got all the sense because they had enough sense to come in and want to know who's going to be the who going to be the best in the kingdom. So that means you got enough sense to know that there's a hierarchy or something. In your mind, you have formulated, in your prudence, you have formulated that there is a hierarchy in heaven. So Jesus goes right in and starts saying, wait a minute. Let me first of all get your mind right. Because evidently, your wisdom and your wise, prudent thinking done sent you down the wrong road. Let me first of all let you realize something that first of all, you need to forget everything you done taught, been taught. Because Chris started off by saying, unless you do what, Chris? Repent what? Unless you turn from your sins. Unless you turn, that means, wait a minute. Evidently, what you're doing right now, you're living a sinful way. The way and the path you're going down is wrong already. You need to turn from that. And then once you turn from that, become what, Chris? Childlike. Be like a child. Keep reading for me, Chris. Pick up. Verse number four. Uh-huh. Therefore. Therefore what? Anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know why he says that? It's hard for a grown man to get that home. It's hard for a grown woman to get that home. So what he's telling you, realistically, ain't nobody going to make it to that level. But at least you got a shot if you start trying to get to that level. You want to be the greatest? Try to be the humblest. And we know. I feel that every morning when I get up. Look at what God is telling us. You want me to, you want to be the biggest with me? Be this here. Close me out there, Krista. Was that the end of that one? Yes, I want to do, I want to go all the way down to verse six, Chris. Yes. Five, and anyone yes. who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is mm -hmm. welcoming me. Keep reading, Chris. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trust in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around the neck. You know what, brothers and sisters? The reason I wanted Chris to look at that part of it, people are going to fall away. People are going to leave the Lord. The thing that I want to make sure of that when they leave, I ain't the reason. Amen. Because think about it. Everybody, if you leave, you're going to get punished for leaving. But now there's an added caveat. If you left because of the actions that I did, I'm just as bad off as you are. Why am I saying that? There's a lot of people walking around here today that done left the Lord. Because of some people that's still in the Lord. Think about it, y'all. And look at what Jesus says is going to happen when you do that. So you got to be careful how you treat God's children. Because there's a price to pay when you don't do them the right way. And this goes two ways. You have to be careful how you live and when you got them around you. Because if you ain't the right example, you're a problem as well. If you're not showing what it is to be faithful in attendance, to be faithful in evangelizing, to be faithful in caring for others, to be faithful in giving. We have to be careful. There are, whole, there are a number of ways that we can damage somebody. 
And sometimes we can damage people by just being who we are. Just by being who I am in the Lord, I can destroy another soul. Because I don't want to change. This thing is serious. See, we take, in this, we take this journey that we are on so lightly. That has eternal consequences to the actions that we commit each and every day. And then we, as we grow and get older and older, we wonder why are we like we are and why people don't want. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to truly step out of ourselves and look at ourselves. Sometimes wanting to be me could be the worst thing for me. That part what Chris just said about being able to humble myself. Humbling yourself is a work in and of itself. And you have to work at it daily. Thank you for that, Chris. You got Mark for me, Harry? Mark chapter 10, starting at verse number 13. Yes, now we're talking about that childlike attitude, that thing that God is pleased with, that he wants us to have to be those who are going to be blessed by him. Mark chapter 10, and you're starting at verse 13 for me, Harry? Verse 13. Yes, go right here. We're going to verse 13 through 16. Go ahead, brother. And reads, yes. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. Keep reading. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Keep reading. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. Wait a minute. You know what? You know why I wanted to hear this verse? It's just like when you hear people say like, well, uh, my child ain't ready to learn scriptures yet. My child isn't ready, you know, to, 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 to start reading God's word yet. But you got them in school. You got them in daycare. They can learn ABCs, but they can't learn to read from the Bible. See, Dick, stop, run. See, spot, stop. What am I saying? If you can learn that word, in the beginning, God created. Those are words, too. We try to shun and say, oh, we, we, take, we take God's word serious when it comes to that. But we discounted and discarded when it comes to where we need to live. We pick the times when they need to be able to study. I'm just saying, sometimes we need to step back and actually think about what we do. Keep reading for me, Harry. He said to them, Yes. Let the children come to me. Let the children come. What are they saying? Let's start doing more and more to create Bible studies where they can learn their colors using Scripture. That they can learn words using God's Word. If they're listening to songs on the radio, let them listen to songs about the ABCs of the gospel. It's a matter of choice. See, it's a matter of preference. Why? Because see, we also got to recognize and realize we were all childlike at one time, but it was from a carnal perspective. We were taught that we need to be in school. Our kids need to be educated. They need to get this kind of degree. We were being taught and cultivated carnally instead of being taught and cultivated spiritually. So when we say, I want more for my children, well, wait a minute. What, what more do you want for them? You know, I want my children to have a better life. Okay, then define a better life. Define what is a better way for them to live. 
Shouldn't it be I want them to know more about God when they get to school? Why? Because they got a battle that they're getting ready to fight. When you got a child in the first grade say, I don't like my sex. I don't like what I, I should be a girl. And your child just came home from, can't spell girl. <laughs> don't know how to spell the word, but want to be that. Ain't happy with they outsie. Want an Enzy. Saying it because we don't care. No, y'all, we, we say it and we talk about it lightly. But see, these are conversations, trust me, you're going to start having to have them more and more when you go home. When they're sitting next to a student, don't call me him or her, call me them. Now, when your child come home and say, yeah, mommy, there's a girl that sits next to me, but I can't call her a girl. Now, how are you going to have that conversation? <coughs> See, these are the realities that we as the church are going up against right now. When you as a grown adult got a little child in front of you and that child tells you how to talk to them. And you got to talk to them that way. And you can't go talk to their parents. You got to listen to what the child. See, that's why I can't be in education. I commend all of our teachers. Because, see, Brother James will be teaching from a jail cell. And then we definitely have to start doing some live streaming rules. I'm just just putting it out there. Keep reading for me, Harry. I don't want to get sidetracked. But I mean, brothers and sisters, when we look in passages in the scripture when it says it will wax worse, these are what wax worse mean. If you ever wanted a definition, you see it every day. Wax worse means the world that you're living in is worse than it was from the day of creation. And it has grown... When... We're going to look at some later in this lesson where it says Sodom is better off than what we're living in today. Keep reading for me, Harry. Let the children come to me. Let the children come. Keep reading, Harry. Don't stop them. Uh Uh-huh. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Wait a minute. Heaven belongs to those who act like kids, who are childlike in their mindset, who are innocent, who are willing to do anything... You know how we always use that example? You can walk out into the street and hold a little child's hand, and if a truck's coming, they're just going to walk because they trust you. We're saying the childlike mentality is the one who has all their faith and trust in God, and whatever God says, no matter what the task is, they don't believe it's unsurmountable. Why? Because I'm with God, and God's going to get me through. Close me out there, Harry. Did you get to verse 16 yet? Verse 15. Yes. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. What, Harry? Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Oh, my God. What am I saying, brothers and sisters? This also is a lesson for self-reflection. Because right now, based on this, are you truly right now in the way you're living, receiving the kingdom of God like a child? Or is our wise, prudent mindset getting in the way of us being like those who are all in and totally trusting God? Close me out, Harry. Verse 16. Yes. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Thank you, Brother Harry, for that one. Now, Steve, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Y'all, I want you to take a look at what you're getting ready to see here. Now, Steve, I want you to read this from two translations. Starting at verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Steve. From the King James first. Wherefore, Steve. Uh huh. Yes. Hold on. Steve, I'm sorry. Keep Steve. Hold on a minute. Let me get over there with you. 
First Peter, chapter two, starting at verse one. Go ahead, Steve. Now I'm there with you. Just want to make sure that tab was in the right place. Uh huh. Uh huh. Keep reading. Keep reading. As newborn babes. Uh huh. Keep reading. That ye may grow thereby. Mm-hmm. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men. Stop right there, Steve. Now, go back, read the same three verses from the New Living Translation. From the New Living. So get rid of all evil behavior. Get rid of all evil behavior. That's just like what Chris was reading in the beginning. Repent and turn from your sins. Keep reading. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. So all that evil stuff that was in your life, get rid of it. Stop doing that. And then do what, Steve? Like newborn babies, mm -hmm. you must pray pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Wait a minute. When we just got to reading these previous passages, it says what? First, you need to be like a child coming in. The mindset you need to have. And just like children, every baby needs milk to grow. If I ain't been drinking milk and growing the right way, my bones ain't going to grow right. I'm not going to be tall like Marcus. The thing I'm trying to get across is this. Once we are in, we have to be fed and we have to grow. And there's an expectation when you grow, there's something that you're to grow into. Steve, you just read, said, grow into what? A full experience of salvation. You know what, brothers and sisters? We are depriving ourselves of some joy that we should be celebrating now. I ain't excited about the Lord because I ain't been eating. If I want the full experience, they say that this is a full experience that I'm supposed to be getting. You know when you go to a place and you get a meal that was just, oh my God, that you love? You are satisfied when you get up from the table. And the first thing you say, I got to tell my friends about this restaurant. But if you didn't have a good eating experience yourself, you ain't telling nobody about it. So what you experiencing here in the Lord ain't tasty. I can look around and tell. We giving this restaurant a one. We don't like what's on the menu. We don't want nobody else to eat it. And I think sometimes we go home and question why do we eat it? I'm just saying, if this book says... I need to be growing into the full experience of salvation. Not only that, what does it say I should do next, Chris, Steve? Cry out. Wait a minute. Nurse. I mean, not nurse, but uh, waitress. Bring me another helping. You know when they be giving you all you can eat shrimp? Ready for a refill. You know, the plat, you got shrimp tails all over the. the you don't want to stop. You know how you did. You say, ain't nobody looking. <laughs> Loosen up. When you, if it's good, you can't get enough of it. When something says, it says, cry out for this nourishment, 
Why? Because now that you have what? Had a taste of what the Lord's kindness is. I think sometimes when I look at it, the last taste was when I came out of the water. You know how it is when you have something and you ain't ate it in a while. And you say, man, that's good. Like the joy and the thrill. I'm going to tell y'all what I mean. For those who enjoy it, when you saw Armani come out of the water a few weeks ago. For those who know the joy of that, that was a thrill for you that day. That, man, I missed that. I'm just saying. And you know what's so awesome about it? You see that verse there? It's amazing how the scripture leads into other scriptures. Steve, you're in 1 Peter, right? Yes, sir. I want you to back up to chapter 1, and I want you to pick up at verse 21. I want you to see what leads into this, 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 act, this expectation of people having the desire to get rid of something. Back up to verse 21 in chapter 1. What does it say, Steve? Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. You have become childlike, and you trust in God. Keep reading, Steve. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. It seems like he's there explaining to them and reminding them about the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You trusted in him because of what he did for Christ. Keep reading for me, Steve. You were cleansed from your sins. You got rid of all that sin like Steve, like Chris started us off with in Matthew 18, 1. Get rid of all your hypocrisy. Get rid of all the sin in your life and turn to God. And then do what, Steve? Keep reading. When you obeyed the truth. When you obeyed the truth and did what? Keep going. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Keep going, Steve. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Keep going. Come on. For you have been born again. You have been born again. You are a new baby. You are a new baby. You done changed. You done got rid of that wise, prudent mindset. And you've been added to the body of Christ. Cleansed. You know like when they wash them babies after they come out? You ever smell them fresh, clean babies? That's a good smell. I'm sorry. It's like some things in life you just, ooh, that's, that's a good smell. It's fresh, new, soft, and tender. And you're looking at all the trouble to come. Keep reading for me. Keep reading for me, Steve. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Not to a life that's going to quickly end. What you've been born into. Come on, Steve. Your new life will last forever. The new life you got going to last forever. Keep going, Steve. How? Because it comes from the eternal living word of God. If you want to live forever, you better get into this book. Why? Because this life is predicated on the word of God. Everything I do now should be predicated, dedicated, and created by God's word. Come on, Steve. Keep going for me. Boy, you're doing good. 24. As the scriptures say. What? People are like grass. Uh-huh. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. Uh-huh. The grass withers and the flower fades. What? Verse 25. The Lord remains forever. And what, Steve? And that, that word is the good news that was preached to you. Oh, my Lord, brothers and sisters. It don't get no simpler than that. That's going to last forever. And that's what every one of us got when we first came here. The blessing of being in the Lord is the blessing of having the opportunity to hear that one and only gospel. 
and being childlike and babe-like and saying, I want that. Feed that to me. Let me grow up in that. That's why the mindset that we have needs to be changed to a mindset of a child. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to close by going back to our scriptural text. Chris, do me a favor. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 11. But think about that as you go through the day, brothers and sisters. The foundation and premise that you should be eating and building on. That one and only true gospel that the Lord allowed you to hear. Chris, you have verse 25 for me? From the New Living, Brother Chris. Go ahead. And Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank mm -hmm. you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever. Keep reading. And for revealing it to the childlike. Mm -hmm. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Mm -hmm. My Father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one really knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Thank you, Brother Chris. You know, in reading these verses, I ask myself, how did he get to that point in the passage? How did he get to that point about saying, thank you for revealing this to the childlike? And I thank God that Chris is here today because I'm going to have Chris cavalcade all the way through this whole chapter. Chris, back up to verse number one in chapter 11 for me. See, because you know what? There are some things I want us to see in here. Remember when I was talking about how Sodom may be better off than we are today? Let's start this from the beginning. Let's see how Jesus got to this point where he says, I'm glad you didn't let smart people hear about what the gospel is. Let's see what Jesus says. Chris, start for me at verse number one of chapter 11. <clears throat> when Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, uh -huh. he went off teaching and preaching in towns throughout the country. Keep reading for me, Chris. John the Baptist, who was now in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. Uh huh. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah we've been waiting for, or should we keep looking for someone else? So wait a minute now. Jesus is going through all these different regions, teaching, sharing the truth. Now, the people that was following John, now that he's been locked up in prison, say, hey, man, look, I've been doing all this work. I'm locked up here in prison. I can't go over there to see if this is the man. Y'all go check this out for me to see, is he really the one that I was supposed to be preparing the way for? Keep reading for me, Brother Chris. Verse 4. What did Jesus say to the people now? Go back and tell, go back to John and tell him about what you have heard and seen. Keep reading, Chris. The blind see, mm -hmm. the lame walk, uh -huh. the lepers are cured. Keep reading. The deaf hear and the dead are raised to life. Uh -huh. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who are not offended by me. Wait a minute. What is being preached to the poor, Chris? The good news. And Jesus is saying, you let him know all them things that were prophesied about me is happening. And even on top of that, they're getting the good news. We with me on that, Chris? Mm -hmm. Keep reading, Chris. Verse 7. Yes. When John's disciples had gone, Jesus began talking about him to the crowd. Listen to this now. Keep going, Chris. <clears throat> Who is this man in the wilderness that you went out to see? Keep going. Did you find him weak as a reed mm -hmm. by every breath of wind? Mm -hmm. Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? Mm -hmm. Those who dress like that live in palaces, not out in the wilderness. Keep going, Chris. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. Mm -hmm. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, 
I am sending my messenger before you. Uh-huh. And he will prepare your way before you. Keep going, Chris. Verse number 11. What? I assure you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Stop for a minute right there. Of all the people that had lived from the beginning of time up until that point, were none of them greater than John the Baptist. That is a powerful statement to make. However, look at what the next statement says. Yet, even the most insignificant person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Oh, my Lord. And what was that question we started off in Matthew? Who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus is letting you know all this stuff. If you at the back door where the last step you fall out of heaven, you better than John. If you are in the kingdom of God. See, the thing that we fail to recognize and look at is this thing that we in is for real. It ain't a joke. It ain't nothing to be played with. Because, see, looking at what we're going through right here, people had to give up a lot for it to even get here. We know what happened to John. And it hadn't even got here yet. Keep reading for me, Chris. Verse 12. Yes. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching and baptizing until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people attacking. Wait a minute. That means Jesus is coming on with the power. And all along the way, people is fighting to keep him from happening. Doing all they can to stop the kingdom from coming. But here's where it gets good for me. Keep going, Chris. Verse 13. Mm -hmm. For before John came, all the teachings of the scriptures look forward to this present time. Mm -hmm. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah. Mm -hmm. The one the prophet said would come. Keep reading, Chris. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. What? Go ahead. How shall I describe this generation? How should I describe? Now, remember we were talking about how it waxed worse today? Where we're living? Jesus is talking back then. He said, now how do I describe y'all? The people that are in front of me. Look at what Jesus says that they did. What did they do, Chris? These people are like a group of children playing a game in the public square. What did he is doing? They complained to their friends. We played wedding songs and you weren't happy. Keep we reading. We played funeral songs, but you weren't sad. Wait a minute. So now I got a group of people. <laughs> I played you happy music. You didn't dance. I played you sad music. You didn't cry. What else happens, Chris? John the Baptist didn't drink wine, and he often fasted, and you say he's demon possessed. Now, wait, wait a minute. He's following the scripture. He's following the law to the letter, and he got a demon in it. Then what did Jesus do, Chris? And I, the son of man, feast and drink, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of the worst sorts of sinners. So wait a minute. You got a man living by the law, and you got a problem. You got a man that come here interacting with everybody, and you got a problem. So what is going to win in the end, Chris? But wisdom is shown to be right by what results from it. Wait a minute. Not being wise, but wisdom is shown to be right by the results that we get. Keep going, Steve, Chris. Verse 20. Yes. And Jesus began to denounce the cities where he had done most of his miracles, because they hadn't turned from their sins and turned to God. You remember what you started for me on, Chris? Matthew 18 and 1. Repent, turn from your sins, and become like a child. 
Now, Jesus is going back saying to all these cities that he done gave them the opportunity to repent and become like children. What does he say happened to them, Chris? Verse 21. Yes. What horrors await you? What horrors await you? Keep reading. For if the miracles I did in you have been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have had, would have sat in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Keep reading. I assure you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on the day of judgment than you. And you people of Capernaum, mm-hmm. will you be exalted to heaven? Mm. No. You will be brought down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you have been done in Sodom, I, it would still be here today. Keep I reading. Assure you, I assure you what, Chris? Sodom will be better off on the judgment day than you. Brothers and sisters, when we don't take advantage of the opportunity that God has given to each and every one of us, we're going to be worse off than the people of Sodom. And now can you imagine, as wicked as Sodom was, on judgment day, they're going to be coming out better than some of the people walking around you today? Think about that. All because we don't want to have a childlike mindset and attitude. Brothers and sisters, Chris, I want to back up to verse 5. Steve, do me a favor. Get Isaiah chapter 61. Harry, I want you to get Luke chapter 4 and hold at verse 16. I want you all to see some because it's important that we notice this because it's so imperative about how God's word ties itself together. Verse 5 for me again, Chris. The blind receive sight in the lame walk. Mm-hmm. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. They have what preached to them, Chris? The gospel. Now you see what he's saying? Jesus was preaching the gospel. Steve, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. You can do both. King James first. Go ahead. Verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Keep reading. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Mm-hmm. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now, you see what he just read? Now, go back and read that same thing for me from the New Living. You remember that he said, preach the what? Good tidings. Keep reading again for me, Steve, from the New Living. Verse 1. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Keep reading. For the Lord has anointed me mm-hmm. to bring the good news to the poor. To bring what to the poor? The good news to the poor. Now, we know when we hear that word what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. To good news to the poor. And what else, Steve? He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted mm-hmm. and to proclaim the captives. To proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Now let's take what Steve just read and bring it up to the day and the lesson will be yours. Luke chapter 4, Harry. I want you to pick up at verse number 16. Now you saw what Steve just read in Isaiah. Let's see who was actually saying that today. Saying that uh, in scripture. You got it for me? Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 16. Keep going for me. Yes. When he came to the village of Nazareth. Now, we talking about who, y'all? Jesus, right? When he came to the village of Nazareth, 
Keep going, Steve. Uh, I mean, Harry. His boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Keep going. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. The scroll of the book that Steve just read was handed to Jesus. Keep reading. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. He found the place where what was written? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You remember what Steve just read? Jesus is saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And what? Keep reading. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Bring what to the poor? Good news to the poor. And we know what the good news is. Keep reading. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Mm -hmm. That the blind will see. Uh -huh. That the oppressed will be set free. Uh -huh. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Verse 20 says what? He rolled up a scroll. Handed it back to the attendant and sat down. Mm -hmm. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And what did he say in verse 21? The scripture you just heard have been fulfilled this very day. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has always been there. He's always will be there. But if we don't become like children, willing to hear what God has to say, we will miss out on the blessing of being a childlike individual in God's kingdom. I don't know what your needs may be today, but if you have any requests that we can address for you, please don't hesitate to make it known. I thank you for your time, and I pray that you will look at your individual lives to see if I'm not being as childlike as I ought to be. As we together stand and sing our song of encouragement. Thank you, brothers and sisters.